So what are we talking about with oh, sports? With sports, sorry, everyone. You should be happy, everyone listening. We didn't go into the other one. My hot take. <laughs> Dame was mad at me. Not really. Just No, I wasn't mad. Why was I mad? You weren't mad at all. That one just creates cognitive dissonance for anyone. Yeah, I, I, I just like... Don't bring it up. Yeah, <laughs> I just like looking for double standards. That's yeah. it. We, I want to talk a little What's bit later. What's funny about the picture I posted is that all that picture was <laughs> was me posting it because you could see how bald I was four years ago, but my hair was like like a lot longer than it is right like now. Like m- mine's longer and I'm a like bald in the yours. front. But you could just see I got like, a mullet going. I, I was clearly bald four years ago, but I hadn't accepted it yet. Oh, you're growing up, Dane. Jason's like, no, Dane, you're way worse now. Are you? Just shave it off. Well, I, 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 this is on like, go. This is like five days. I gotta shave it tonight. Uh, are you, do you bick it yet? No, no bick. No. no, my head's too rough to bick. I think too rough. How does one get a my, rough head? My head's just gross. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just terrible. <laughs> I got a gross head. <laughs> <laughs> my nose. If you ever look. Oh my look goodness. Close, my nose is off centered. Oh my! Like who I'm, who punched you in the face? I'm pretty sure when I was in middle school, I got need wrestling, and I swear you broke your nose or something for like two months. I couldn't sleep. Like I, and I swear that led me to be a mouth breather too. <laughs> so that actually lowered my IQ because of wrestling. You know, I did also want to bring up that one guy who had a question in the head. Previous podcast, yeah, about wrestling yeah and he like got away from fitness and then 10 years later came back that is such a consistent story because wrestling's a sport it's not that the sport's bad it's that the people involved in the sport especially in the, the United weight States, cut it, it is just such a mental dude wrestling in other countries they don't cut weight like they, you, you might cut like two or three pounds yeah if you have to make a class but it's like they don't they don't see it the way we see it yeah they're like, this is what you walk around at. Athletic. This is where you're competing. We'll go here. You know, we'll so. fill this frame out. Like, yeah, let's exactly. put more muscle on you yeah. instead of like, oh, let's see how skinny we can get right. and not die. That's why people laugh. They see Sajalaya, who's one of the best Russian wrestlers right now, and he's yeah. like, he's up, a, he's up a weight class, and he's like clearly fatter. But yeah. that's how Russians do. They're just it. like I'm better than you. Yeah, <laughs> you like done. We've been wrestling since third grade. Yeah, third, I'm just gonna, three. I'm gonna stomp on you. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. We've been on this kick with reflexive strength. Yep. We did chunking. Yeah. We did the CPG. Chunking's my favorite. Yeah. Chunky <laughs> rope. Wait, that's Rocky <laughs> rope. But anyway, <laughs> we are on now this third thing that has to do with these reflexive movements. The peripheral self-organization. This is hard. All right. Start us off with like a groundwork, a definition or something we can wrap our brains around okay so i i think out of reflexive study this is the least developed okay if you so this is slim pickings yeah so like central control krang brain we yeah. know we know what that is right we have a good idea with with central pattern generators that they're these bundles of neurons that essentially uh take care of rhythmic action yeah. walking Chewing. One, two, three, four, metronome. Here yeah, we go. Yeah, exactly. Peripheral self-organization, I believe, is partially uh, like being aware of what's around you, periphery. Yeah. But more so, like actually, your limbs. Like, what are what's the feedback from my? What's feet? going on in space? Yeah. What's the feedback from my fingers? And then what's my posture? So, 
I instantly, when you started describing that, thought of Circus Soleil. Okay, yeah, that's that. Everyone in Circus Soleil. Yes. Well developed. Their PSOs are like through the roof. Yeah. People who juggle, people who flip. Yeah. I'm actually thinking of like Jake right now. Yeah. Jake riding a unicycle and juggling. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Because I have legend juggles too, right? Yeah, he's he's good. And and or like you know, guys that, that can solve a Rubik a Rubik's cube, um because it's actually an equation, they they are quick like that too, as well with and it and I think there's actually a lot to that. That goes back and forth between the three okay. types of feedback. And then I'm also starting to think now based off that baseball players. Probably, yeah. Outfielders yeah. in particular. Yeah, it's just so uh, being... Tracking. Yeah, tracking and, and making... Essentially using trigonometry while they're executing a play. Yeah, without even... Like, you're not thinking about this. And that's where like, I think knowing the posture, the posture plays such a major role in feedback because... Uh, you can even see when guys cut or when they, you know, especially basketball players, you can see it a lot better with basketball. But even in football, football it's harder to see because there's more collisions, so there's so many more yeah. people on the field. But you can see someone's hips lower, and you can see their, their torso might be behind their hips as they go into that, you know, like the penultimate step. It's like watching a, watching a high jumper also demonstrates this really clearly. But that peripheral self-organization is essentially like what feedback am i getting from my posture from my fingers from my from my feet i'm and, glad you said that about the landscape around me the sensory out because a lot of the stuff we were just talking about had to do with like a visual type of sensory periphery input yeah and i was thinking back to the last episode when you talked about the automatic pilot yeah and the wrestling yeah and yeah, how yeah. that all becomes like uh, a tactile sensory yes. input in the periphery to what you're doing and it's the same in throwing throwing it's tactile in on your feet okay it's like you feel you feel it in your neck if you're a shot putter in your hand think uh, dude a great example actually would be a hammer throw how like it's such a complex movement at such a high speed and the tactile feeling of your feet, but also with the weight in your hands. And as as it gets more and more force, yeah. more load, your posture changes. <laughs> but the the feeling, the feedback from your feet in your hand is the PSO. It's like when uh, weightlifters too, when they know the bar is out of line. Yeah, like it's yeah, front it's like, it's or like, it's pulling them forward or something yep. like that's a, that would be part of that. Yeah, and I I think this you know where my argument has been in the past is that. The part of the reason why we should implement weightlifting in sports performance is because it can train the body to use uh, CPGs and, and self-organization, peripheral self-organization, in training. And so then that does carry over to these other All movements. right, so weightlifting movements do it, but I'm going to gander reflexive movements probably can do, do it. Better. it. Yeah, yeah, or more so, too. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about an example you brought up to me last week when we were talking in conversation about stuff with Haley Reichert. Yeah. Um, you were talking about her movement was analyzed. like some Yeah, so her movement was analyzed by a biomechanist who uh, studies bar path. He actually studies his main job is studying uh, – uh, swing speed on golfers like world-class golfers and baseball 
Um, he just has this side interest in weightlifting, and because there's no money in weightlifting, but there's a lot of money in golf, and there's yeah. even more money in, in baseball. That it's actually probably equal, sort of. Uh, he uses this technology to study bar path, and you can see, like, all right, based off of the best ever, the best in the world, what are their readings, what are their metrics, and then can we compare our lifters in the U.S. to them? So, real quick, who was established as – the technical best real quick through this guy's equipment was it your girl so the best male lifter was and i want to say his name properly because i just learned how to properly say all right it. i won't say it lu zhao jun or lu zhao jun as we say it and then yeah so he is the best male lifter and then guo is the best female lifter oh how about the person you You've been through your eye. Yeah. Thought was technically the best. 2018. According to the equipment. Is the best. Is the best. Yeah. Wow. You must have a computer in that brain. That's that's how big it is. You don't have a big head. (laughs) I've seen people with big heads. Don's got a big head. I always make fun of him that he's got a nine inch fitted head. His his head doesn't look that big though. Because his body. He's so so wide body. Yeah. Tamon's like, he's husky. Like he's strong. We talked about that. Tamon like, he grew up in, in the last year or two. Like, he oh, looks yeah, imposing. Huge. So, All right. Yeah. Quo and Sorry, I, I didn't mean to, like, pat you on the back too hard. Well, what was interesting, though, is that they started – they're presenting this to me, this guy, Jacob, who doesn't know me outside of – I was on one Zoom meeting with a large group of coaches and caused the ruckus. You caused the ruckus. <laughs> I had COVID and couldn't be in the in-person meeting and was asking very pointed questions, like extremely pointed, that everybody in the room knew what was going on. So he he's only known me through that. Mike you were was, trolling, weren't you? Sort of. Right. Mike was on the call, Mike Gatone, and Mike has known my thought on her and her yeah. movement pattern for years, and he's sort of been like wishy-washy, especially regarding – well, yeah, and especially regarding her foot movement. He's a big jumper, and then now he's changing his... Oh, I thought you were talking about the other guy. No, no, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you that, know who yeah, I was talking yeah, about. Yeah. Your boy's good. Yeah, so he he also spent time in the last six months with Quo's coach, and he said, you know, what's her, what's her bread and butter? What has made this possible? And he was like, we taught her no feet snatches and no feet cleans, and those are the secret. And... He, he immediately messages me like, yo, he just said no feet snatches or what. And I'm like, yeah, no kidding, dude. He grew up in the Russian system. That's like, no kidding. That's the whole point. So they compared every Man, part of Haley's movement. I really movement. feel bad that other people are justifying what you're saying because yeah. they're not probably – well, they're happy. But, at but the they same don't time, understand like, that I'm going to use this and talk <laughs> trash. Anyway, keep going about Haley now. Okay, so what they did was with Haley, they, they compared her to Quo. She was – um, as technically efficient, so they measure vertical work versus hor- horizontal work. And in the weightlifting world, you want as much vertical work as possible. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lu Zhaojun operates at like 95% vertical to horizontal, um, whereas Quo, most women will operate like 90 to 92%, which is still phenomenal. Most dudes are way below, like 80%. Um, so... So Haley was the only female in the U.S. to be over 90 percent. 
on Snatch. And she had everything lined up with Quo except her drop time. And so this relates back to this the is C- what, yeah, what, what you were talking, talking about, about with the CPGs and the PSOs and yep. like the reflexive movement. Yep. So what was the thought is the theory, like you sort of hypothesis, we need to get her faster under the bar. Yeah. Like for sure. And we're talking milliseconds. Literally. This is someone who's already one of the best in the world at doing this. Yeah. And, and so, so Quo was her drop times like point three nine or point four, um, and Haley's is like point four three or yeah. point four. So we're trying to shave. Dane's trying to find a way with Haley to get essentially point zero three to get her snatch, and that in in especially in the clean, like just her drop time under the bar, right? To add kilos to the lift yeah and especially in a lighter women's weight class that actually is like exponential so like for a heavier guy it's that time it'll be a little bit it's easier to make that up for a heavier guy so with Haley it is literally coming down to like the the millimeters all right so through these like reflexive CPG and here the PSO the peripheral stuff. Yeah. The idea is all right. We have this very. I want to say it. It's minute, but in at this level, it's, it's the huge. focus. Yeah. It's, it's the whole point. So how do we get? How do we start trying to develop the PSOs and the CPGs here to shave that time off? Like so, the way I I have looked at it, and and, and it it's been a while of me spending time and talking to you fortunately you know somebody's got interest in this to actually listen to me yeah i know um is that you know what real quick before you go i someone was i saw this like ted talk it's an old one and they're like there's leaders who do stuff but the first follower is a leader in a, oh in yeah, like yeah. this big way yeah because if someone doesn't follow no one hears it yeah, and yeah. listens so sometimes I think I'm like I'm your first follower in this. Like <laughs> I'll just be like, all right, you can call me Paul. Like I got it. <laughs> I'll spread it. Like also too. Like I'm curious. Like you know me. I, James. I am just so you know, James was cooler than Paul. Oh, James okay. was the brother of Jesus and only and only spoke to Jews, whereas Paul was the first televangelist. Just so you know. All right. I I didn't know. I, I didn't major no, in. A, no, I, no, I don't I, have a degree in religious studies. Yeah. Anyway, to go back to it, the way I was thinking. I want to apologize to Gatone, though, for calling him a suit. I was thinking yeah, no, that. yeah, he's not a suit. I was he is, of, but he's a good. He's I was good. thinking of the actual suit. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, don't I even knew know what that you guys. Were, yeah. yeah. So, the way I see it is like, okay, the main movement is a snatch. When Haley executes a snatch, she pulls, and as soon as the intent action, if we can think back to our previous podcast, this is Krang. Yeah, Krang is the intent action brain model, and then. Central pattern generators and, and peripheral self-organization is another uh, means of uh, muscular action. So there's essentially two ways that, that our body uh, executes movement from uh, a coordination perspective. Yeah. The intent action down. is off the floor. And as soon as it's off the floor, now it's an auto. Na- it's a it's a yeah, autonomous back, movement. Yeah. Reciprocate. Everything's done. Finish. So the way I look at it is, okay, here's the end goal that we need to be at with the movement. I need to find through principles of chunking what exercises will 
enable Haley to use the intent action and then slowly get rid of that to then just take these steps along the way to get to this monster snatch here. Yeah. So I, I try to take a step backwards then and think about, all right, which, where's the lacking part to increase or, in this case, to decrease her drop time under the bar? Yeah. Because she pulls the bar high enough. On her misses and her makes, the bar's at the same height. The bar might be even faster on some of those misses. It's just out of position. But what's happening? And the their response, and I immediately started uh, during this. I was like, I'm writing down all these fucking notes, and I'm going, dude, Haley's snatch balance is like 98 kilos. Snatch balance is not going to be the answer. Right. Okay? Um, and not a drop snatch either. No. Ne- yeah, neither yeah, like- one. Either version of it. It's she's phenomenal. It does like she's way further. Then I took the step back and I go, okay, what's happening with Haley when she does a two box? Because she's hit her best snatch off two box, right. ninety kilos and ninety two kilos. So there, she has better tension in her coordination from her hips to her upper body. But if she does, um, so then I what I did again was now I go back and I go, okay, what's the difference between a two-box position and Haley's position from the floor? And then I started to compare Did you skip it. the one-box, or did you think about that too? You Her one-box, she's pretty good. Like, like, I just went to the floor. Okay. To answer your question. Yeah. So I, then I started to compare it to Quo. And when Quo gets the bar into her hip, her feet are flat. Haley, when she gets into her hip, her heels have already started to come forward or her heels have already started to pop so Is this my, why you created the no heel snatch yeah so okay. my thought process was there's some disconnect with Haley. so when she pulls off of two boxes her heels stay down longer because it's it's earlier in the lift but later in the patterning so earlier in the but lift that's also your theory too around like how the actual catch position is more important to the triple extension and things like yeah. that as well like yeah Yes. The proceeding always leads to, th- to the ma- what to you want. Yeah. You have to fix what happens earlier. Yeah, exactly. And so my theory has been that Haley doesn't keep her heels flat long enough. This is sort of like the conclusion I've had and I, or my hypothesis that I'm trying to. Yeah, you're work working towards. through it. Yeah. She doesn't keep her heels flat long enough and in turn. When she does keep her heels flat, she's disconnected with her upper body. So then my thought is that whatever movements can engage her hips from a flat-footed position and force her upper body to be more active earlier, so I I hope this is clear, active upper body earlier in the pull while her hips extend while her heels are flat. what is active earlier is that like more squeezing back in the yeah, row shoulders it, it's not lats. necessarily like pulling yet no, but it's, it's the it's just being the isometric part yeah, of it yeah having active rhomboids and then as she finishes so one of the things she does really well is when she cleans her elbows break her torso back yeah and she catches it really really you know stout when she snatches, her elbows stay more forward on her torso. So what we're doing now is we're chunking these other exercises and that position also that we're trying to get, which we're using a weird, like a... So one thing I'm hearing here, I'm sorry, is no, with fine. the PSOs, yeah. is one thing you're noticing is the elbows. Yeah. That's a 
that distinct would be the peripheral. Self- yeah. But there's like, that's a periphery thing, right? Yes. The elbows need to get to this position. Yeah. And they're not. So yeah. w- we have to fix that. I also think that using the torso in the, the trunk position, so let's use the, the scientific term, her posture, <laughs> when the bar's in her hip. I love posture. It's a scientific term. Yes. So, <laughs> so using that posture position when the bar's in her hip relative to her heels, that I think plays a major role in the action of her upper body. Okay. So my hypothesis is if she can make contact with flat heels and it all this is all happening within literal split seconds. Yeah, we're talking yeah. point what was it? Point four, four and point point four three and we're yeah. trying to get her to a point three nine. Like yeah, it, yeah. She might have even been like point four two to make it even tighter. Yeah. It so if in in this position from the hip, if she makes contact with her heels flat, I believe it's going to lead to you know, a really good finish with her upper body. And so what I've done is, you know, to make this easier for everybody who's probably just like, dude, get to the point. Yeah. Stop nerding out so much, you geek. Is is that I've gone <laughs> there's the full snatch. Okay. Then I've gone down the spectrum to a no feet snatch. And then from a no feet snatch, and let's just say all from the floor. Let's not let's not yeah. bring any other hangs or anything in. Then from that no feet snatch it's a slow snatch or a slow no feet snatch could even be, you know, yeah. let's just keep it that way. So there's a slow snatch. So you're in the, the isometric upper back position. Yeah. And more. it's easier to control because it's slower. And when you're slower, you can do more complex movements. This is a lesson of reflexive movement, yeah. right? Then the next step is a no heel snatch. So now you can't plantar flex. It's all flat footed snatching. And then the next thing is plantar f- or no, f- it's no heel muscle snatch, no contact. So it goes muscle snatch, flat footed, flat footed snatch, slow uh, snatch, no feet snatch. Full so snatch. you already have like a full spectrum of the movement yeah. to develop the one into the next, into the next, yeah. or work different parts of it in different ways. Yeah. And my current theory is I actually think the flat-footed snatch is going to transfer really well to the slow snatch, which will transfer the slow snatch, will transfer very well to the snatch. But if you didn't do three of them together, you would not get the result that you want. Okay. So the key, the keystone, you know, is (laughs) the slow snatch. But the actual key is a flat-footed snatch, but it's not going to transfer unless it is done You need that middle transition yeah. one so she's on week five of this with the flat foot she's on week five and we just did slow snatches to 70 and she hit an upright torso so perfect vertical torso with a flat foot that was the f- heaviest she's ever been able to hold a flat foot with an upright torso i believe if she could do a slow snatch around 75 and a flat footed snatch around 65 i think she's going to snatch like 87 to, to 90 I really think that. Well, you got what, like two years? Well, yeah, but going. My goal or is when that does she have to qualify by? Not, not till the fall, really. But she's got Pan Ams, and that's going to be the first big test. Okay, because that's in July. So, like, my whole goal right now, and to think about this through reflexive work, it's taking the chunking principles. Yeah, it's taking CPGs, which is auto. It's a, it's a, it's a autonomous movement, and we have this tactile, if you will. Yep. PSO with the heels. Yeah, with the heels, and to a point, her hands. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, the, the hands are and huge. turning it over. And it's like, all right, how can we take all of these principles and to appoint theories and apply it to see uh, the result, to get the result that we want over here? And remember, this goes back to what we talked about with the shot putters. We are dealing with an age where Haley's a normal person. She is, she's talented, yeah. 100%. But had she never discovered garage strength, she would not be an athlete. She's a normal human being. She'd be she, taking pictures and yeah, photography, be, yeah, like exactly. doing her other hobbies. No one would have ever known the capability. So now we are here in, you know, middle of Pennsylvania, Leesport, uh, Reading, Pennsylvania. It's eastward. But yeah, yeah, eastward yeah. of Reading. Or I was oh, just eastward. thinking east of Pennsylvania. Like Pennsylvania, east, eastern p- Yeah, eastern, southeastern, eastern Not Pennsylvania. Not quite the Pennsylvania area. Yeah. But we have very normal people here that Kentucky we are going. rules. That, that, that yeah. Hill all day. Right? <laughs> that we're going to be able to develop yeah, because of uh, because of these theories, I, I think. Yeah. So that's my explanation. Yeah. All those D1 athletes. Everyone saw the – everyone has had to have seen – if you're listening to this, you have seen the videos of Nick Singleton in sixth grade, and nothing goes like, oh, Gatorade player. The, like, it funny. just doesn't say. <laughs> when I was up there Friday, Losey, the head coach, the head strength coach at Penn yeah. State, dude, so listen to this. Uh-oh. This is going to be a humble brag. I'm waiting he for goes, it. He goes, yeah, we watched, that, we watched that video you doing uh, that, that weird stuff, and I talked about setting up three-pointers. On your, he's like, I watched it on your story. So I was just like, oh, you watch my story. And his other strength coach is like, dude, we watch all your stories on Garage Strength and on your Ghostface account. But they actually, so they were talking about that. And then they watched the uh, reflexive strength video on that we put out last Tuesday. Okay. Um, and he was like, dude, that stuff made a lot of sense. Like you presented that in a very clear yeah. manner. And I was like, yo, that's the thing with Nick. He, because he had asked originally, like, how strong was he when you got him? And I was like, dude, to be fair, like, he was he was sixth grade, so like, you know, he was too young to yeah, actually to be strong. I knew he was more athletic than a normal sixth grader, but that doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, where he was, you know, again going through this is, I believe, through plyometrics and reflexive work, you know, that I was I was telling them, especially in season, I think that's stuff that the football players should be doing. Yeah, a lot in season because it doesn't. Beat it doesn't you up beat that you up. Bad. Yeah, but you'll still get the carryover. And yeah, so that's where it was interesting. And then I, I wanted to leave and be and, and say, Chuck, you got to start hiring me as a consultant. Yeah, <laughs> definitely do that. You started doing a step back with the basketball yeah. too. Yep, reflexive step, movement. Yep, step back. That compendium's up. coming along nicely, it buddy. Is, it is, dude. Yeah. It's fun. I like this idea. I think our next podcast we should actually focus on how to do this, how to break that down, like how to chunk the movements, or yeah, how, how to, to like chunk a a high speed movement into a Movement. We could do that again. Maybe yeah. look at someone like Barry Sanders or yeah. LT. Yeah, someone, yeah, cool. someone like that. Do you want to do? All right, I can set it up. Yeah. We'll do a football one and a basketball one. We'll I'll, do it. That'd twice. be good. We'll yeah. keep on this reflexive. Yeah, we'll hammer at home. Then, like somebody who's developing this theory can like be like, "Yo, you should listen to these podcasts. They're pretty good." Yeah, and then they could give us an honorary PhD, <laughs> or at least you. <laughs> I could be like the honorary RA. honorary PhD. We you you went to Moravian. Uh, undergrad. Oh yeah, you got your grad at Lehigh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so smart. I went. I'm to not Lehigh. smart. That's just it, they just cost more. That doesn't make you smarter. <laughs> yeah, that's actually fair. Yeah. That's they so don't make fair. you any smarter. That was one of the first things I was like. I remember realizing like, yo, these grades have nothing to do with how much I learn. It's just what the professor thinks of what I wrote. Yes. Yeah. 
Like I was like, this is nothing. I I this is to go along that line. Uh, but remember my some when I won states in high school my senior. I don't know if you know this. I was a state champion. <laughs> but my my <laughs> best friend also won states in the high jump, and he went to be a high jumper at Harvard. And we would always like rip on him. And he he was the president of a Harvard Lampoon. Like he and Conan O'Brien were homies. Like man, like he made a good choice. Like you just you, the network you meet there. Yeah, is like, it's crazy. Well, that's what he said. He's like, dude, I just inherited the power brokers. You, you went to Penn State. Like honestly, it's not that much harder at Harvard. Like it's literally not that much harder. It's just I have access to these people yeah, with a I lot just of have money. Direct access to every professor that writes my textbook. They're my professors, and I can go sit there and ask them questions. Yeah, and then when I leave. All of their students are the best because they learn. There, you, you just start yeah, yeah. a little deeper. That's why I'm the learning the, process is no different. That's why I'm basically like the second smartest like weightlifting coach there is because I'm learning from you. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That's how it works. <laughs> that was a joke. But yeah. you, you didn't laugh at that. Well, I wasn't left. I was. I was sort of like I don't think I'm the best. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't. But yeah. still, you can see as well as that computer. I think I'm the best when I start to drink. That's when I. That's when I start. Oh. But only if I'm around other your, weightlifting coaches. Your humility goes away. <laughs> yeah. I can see you going to, like, Pan Ams with all the U.S. coaches. And, like, you just, like. Once we all start drinking a little bit. Yeah. Yo, Brian, you suck. <laughs> you only have, like, two friends when yeah, you go, don't you? Yeah, that's true. That's true, actually, sadly. No, two's a lot. <laughs> two more than I think I would have. I don't know how to talk to people until they talk to hey, me. I get to announce these. Oh, yeah. You get to, you get to read them. Because okay. I can't read names. Audience question from Vicente. 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 Twenty-five oh three. This is from Reddit. Is powerlifting beneficial for field sports, improving strength, speed, and explosiveness? So field sports will be open skilled. Is powerlifting beneficial? Quick is answer. It, I mean, uh, are we looking at like am deadlift? I, am I answering this one today? Yeah, you should. Yeah, all like developing absolute strength is beneficial. Yeah. Is it the best and most transferable? No. Right. That, that would be yeah. my answer. See, I'm learning everybody. I, I think that's – it's like, yeah, back squat's good. Bench press is good. Yeah. Uh, deadlift, I I do like a variation. If you're the coach, you can deadlift. Exactly. <laughs> I think that – like, they're, they're all good movements for, for improving str uh, strength ex especially. Okay. All right, what's the next one? Let you, me hear it, Dane. YouTube community, Mateo Helene. What's a good split? Oh, ironically, we did a – we filmed a split video today. What is a good split, or how should I set up my workouts in order to gain mass and athleticism at the same time? When I train for sports, oh. I can't gain weight, but when I try to gain weight, I lose speed and explosiveness. Is this like sets and reps? No, training splits, so like day, to, day by day. Oh, isn't that like – so if I learned correctly, athletes – lower, upper, athlete day, repeat, get rid of the athlete day at the end. Yeah, the rest day. Yeah, you don't have to do it twice. Yep, and, and in Mateo's case – And you also do – Heavier beginning of the week, more dynamic towards the end, if yeah. you will. In Mateo's case, see, look, I told you, good study. I'm a learner, and, and, and this is and this is great. That's great because it's like, all right, the interplay becomes the dynamic days at the end. Uh huh. You want to focus on dynamic day uh, because you need more you need more speed. That's what you focus on. He wants more mass, so. He focuses more See, bodybuilding. Good. Look, I learned from my mistake here. Look yeah, at this. Yeah, that's good. That was a good setup. Yeah. Great job. I'm glad. So it's that galaxy brain I got going on here. This is still the same podcast that we were talking about taxes? Uh, Texas? No, we no, weren't taxes. Tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the taxes one. 
What, where are we at? Oh, we're only like a few minutes later than we wanted. Oh, no. Be. Well, I was just trying to think. Like, I, that, yeah. that seemed well, like we, it was another podcast. Because we were talking about something that could be a podcast. And it'd be like in this community, have, it I, would totally get some people like. I have so many conversations that I forget when the conversations Dude, happen. <laughs> the cognitive dis, your cognitive dissonance, uh, Jason's cognitive dissonance. Yeah. When I brought it up, I like it Jason's, was real. I like Jason's comment because I, I brought up this to him a couple weeks ago. That fitness influencers, they're like hardcore one way, and then at the same time, they'll they'll say all the the. Classic, like snowflake victims, oh blah blah blah. You know, like those guys that I sent you. The I podcast. wish I was as beautiful as a snowflake. And it's like, yeah, it's like you start saying all this stuff, like, "Well, I'm tough. I do this." Yeah. Well, then why are you playing victim when you play when you do things like pay taxes? Grow yeah. up. You're I'm not tough. To a, a a thing that you supposedly love. My wife makes too much money for me to be tough. <laughs> I don't have to live rough at all. <laughs> I. I feel like I've never really lived rough, so. Yeah. yeah. I have never been homeless. I have never not had a meal. Yeah, same. Like, yeah. I haven't, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sure there's people that have, like, I have not lived in a war zone. Yeah, that's true, dude. That's like, some scary shit. There's a lot of things, like, that we can't. I have been privileged to not have to experience in yeah. my life. Because of where we grew up. Yeah. All right. Pay taxes. <laughs> Peace. Later. <laughs>